Um, well, so we want to just first of all say welcome to all those listening to our podcast, watching Facebook Live. We're glad you're tuning in. Uh, we're glad you guys are here in the theater today. Uh, we know it's going to be a great service, and I'm excited. I love Christmas. Anybody love Christmas? Three of you. All right. The rest of you, you should figure this holiday out because it's amazing. All right. Uh, I love Christmas. It's a great time of the year. My kids love Christmas. How many of you guys have your kids excited, right? More excited than you, I'm, best, I'm guessing. Mine are. Um, but it, it's great. You know, when it comes to Christmas, there's all these, 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 these specific words that we hear over and over and over throughout the Christmas season. And sometimes it's kind of like, man, we only talk about the same things. And then you realize, like, wow, those are like the important things. And so we were going into this season. I was thinking, you know, I want to talk about, I want to talk about joy. We have some other words that we hear. We hear about the, we hear, we hear peace. Uh, we hear the word joy. We hear the word uh, hope. Uh, we, we hear the word love. And we hear the word light. Like we hear these words a lot over and over and over. And I, I specifically said, I want to just talk about joy this year. Just, just the word joy and what that means and what it looks like to walk that out. Uh, and I realize you can't talk about joy without talking about the other things, uh, which we'll get to in the next few weeks. We'll figure that out. But we're going to focus on joy. And it's going to, you'll see how they overlap and how they connect. In this series, we want to just talk about yeah, what that means to us. Uh, so I want to give a couple definition, definitions that I found online. Uh, joy is kind of hard to nail down. As I begin to study and prepare and try to figure out how, how can you summarize what joy is, Everybody had a different way to try to explain it because it's, if there's not this one uh, single te- um, technical term that we can say joy is this. Here's some things that I found that I thought were great. Joy is a state of mind and an, and an orientation of the heart. Like joy is we settle in this place. It's, it's a settled state of contentment, confidence, and hope. Someone author said it like that. It's a settled state of contentment. Like we, we, find, um, we find it there. See, it can be someone or something that provides a source of happiness. It's, it's not just a laugh. It's not just a smile, although sometimes laughing and smiling is included in joy. It's something deep, deep, deep within. Joy is something deep down within, and it doesn't leave quickly when you have it. Um, you know when you have it, and you know when you don't have it. Joy is just one of those things that's hard to get to, to put a, a specific one thing on it. Pastor Rick Warren says it like this. He says, joy is a settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life. The quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be all right. And the determined choice to praise God in every situation. So, so, so he's saying it's, it's where we, we begin to recognize that joy is something bigger. There's something out there, something larger. You know, we, we uh, in one of the terms that we throw around, we even write, made movies after it. We, we say the pursuit of happiness, the American dream, the pursuit of happiness. That's a great dream. We should all pursue happiness. Happiness is a good thing. We should all be happy. It's a good thing to have happiness in our lives. Uh, but sometimes we confuse joy with happiness, and they're two different things. They're, they're, they're different, worlds apart, and we're going to talk about what, that, what we mean by that. Uh, happiness is something that's external. It's something that, that we see on the outside, but joy is internal. Joy is something deeper within. You can be happy on the outside and be hurting on the inside. Joy is a little different there. It's, it, it, it shows up, and it begins to push things away. Um, you know, we say the American dream is a pursuit of happiness. I would say that the, 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 the heaven's dream will be the pursuit of joy. In America, let's pursue happiness. That's great. I think the kingdom of God would say, you want to know God's dream? Pursue joy. Um, I didn't realize how important joy was until I began to prepare for this and, and, and get ready for this series. And I realized, man, joy is a, it's a crucial thing that we need in our life and we're really going to be able to accomplish everything that really we want to accomplish, but everything God wants us to accomplish. Happiness, it's based on circumstance. Joy is based on someone, based on Christ. Joy is something different. Joy is given from heaven. Joy is given from God. It's something that God gives. It's a gift, which we'll talk about. Uh, you know, circumstances are, uh, the, the word actually means the circle you're standing in. 
It's like when you find yourself, sometimes we dwell on these, these uh, circumstances, these situations, these challenges. It's like we're in this circle that we find ourselves in, and we're like, man, this is uh, maybe, it's, maybe it's a good thing, maybe it's not a good thing. If it's a good thing, you're going to be happy. If it's not a good thing, you're not going to be happy. Joy's different. It, it's, it's based on, on someone. It's based on Christ. You know, um, every now and then people, you ask them how they're doing. Well, how are you doing? Well, under the circumstances. <laughs> what are you doing under the circumstances? Get out from under the circumstances and live life better. Don't, don't dwell on those things. There's something better there. Happiness, it happens by chance. But joy, it's a choice. Joy happens by choice. We get to choose this in our lives by the, by the things we do, uh, by receiving the gift that God has for us. It, it, it's a choice. See, happenings, happiness is all about the happenings, the things that, that take place that we begin to say, okay, if things are going well, then, then, then I'm, I'm going to be happy. Joy is different. You can have joy even in the middle of suffering, which in two weeks we're going to talk about, which is really important. Don't miss that week. I think it will give you some great tools to be able to push through hard times. But it, it, it's, you can remain, have joy even in the, in, the, in the most challenging situations. One more comparison. Happiness is recognizing good in things. You know, somebody does something that, that we like, it's good, makes us happy. Well, joy is a little different. Joy is recognizing God in all things. And that's a big difference there. We can recognize good, and happiness is good. God just wants us, wants us to see the good. But joy is recognizing God in the middle of things that we're going through, even the difficult times. That's where joy comes from. We need to recognize it's something. So, so why joy? For this series, why, why should we talk about joy? Why is it so important for us to talk about joy? Um, you know, we, we get ready for Christ, Christmas. Well, this is why we want to talk about joy. Every year, I set out to make my life better. Every single year. 2017 is coming. I begin to make goals for that year, for the, for the next year. I begin to dream and think about things that we want to accomplish, how to, how, to, how to get ourselves in better situations and positions financially, um, how to get healthier, how to, how to uh, be push myself um, mentally with my reading, stuff like that. I, I make these goals, so I want to make myself better. And every year, I have, I have days where I just find myself that I'm not enjoying life. Um, I'm, not in, I'm not living up to those dreams, those expectations that... Uh, work is work. Um, it just feels like work. And sometimes I overlook the most important things. And, uh, and, and it feels like I'm doing the dishes every single day. Or I'm thinking, taking out the trash every single day. And work is work. And, and the people that should matter to you the most, sometimes they just feel like they're inconveniences. Daddy, daddy, daddy. And sometimes it takes me three or four daddies to realize my kid is trying to get my attention. Why? Well, because I'm doing work and they're inconveniencing me. And I find myself I'm not enjoying life and I'm not enjoying the important things. It's like, and there's times I feel like that I'm carrying more than I think I can carry. And sometimes under, that, under the weight of those things, you, you lose joy, you lose enjoyment of life. And this is why we should talk about joy, because I know every single one of us feels those same ways at times. Nobody in this room wakes up and says, Ah, oh, it's Monday. I hope today sucks. I hope my boss takes away my raise. I hope my wife says something really mean to me so that I, it makes me mad and I take it out on the driver in front of me or behind me or on the side of me or all around me. Uh, man, I really hope today is going to just be the worst, right? Nobody wakes up like that. We all wake up thinking, man, I hope today is a good day. I hope I get to enjoy today. And then in the middle of the things, we begin to find that, we, that joy begins to seep and enjoyment of life. It's not a coincidence that joy is in the middle of enjoyment, right? Why? Because when we're enjoying life, joy is present. Joy is there. It's something deeper. You can always explain it, but it's there because you're enjoying life. This is why, because joy is a gift. Joy is a gift that God gives. It is the greatest gift that God gives. Um,
the Bible, in, in, in Luke, we're going to read through the story of Luke in a second. And in, in the Christmas story, it starts off with this idea of joy. Um, that God, that joy is coming. That, that there's gifts going to be coming. And throughout the story, even before Jesus talked about, there's, there's another couple. It's uh, uh, Mary's, the mother of Jesus, Mary. Her, it's her cousin, Elizabeth. And um, um, they're going to have a baby. He's, he's a priest. And the angel shows up and tells John's father. He's going to use name John, John the Baptist. He shows up and says, John's going to be born. It's an older couple, and, and they've been wanting to have kids. They can't have kids. And this is how the story starts off in Luke. And, and, and the angel shows up and says, hey, I have some good news. Uh, you're gonna, your wife's going to be, become pregnant. You're going to have a son. Um, I'm, I'm here to bring you some good news, and he's going to bring joy. And this is not even Jesus yet, but, but John's showing up. Um, and in the story, uh, Mar- Mary's cousin Elizabeth gets pregnant. And it says that when Mary gets pregnant, she, she goes to visit her cousin, and, um, and, and she's getting close to having the baby. Mary's pregnant. And when they meet, it says this in Luke 1, right? It says, um, Elizabeth talking to Mary, she says, when I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. Like just the fact that the, the presence of, that God's presence was, was near this baby, John jumped in the womb and was filled with, with the Holy Spirit, filled with joy, jumped with joy in the womb. Jesus' story starts off with, with filling people with joy. Angel gives good news to, to, um, to Elizabeth, says, you're going to be pregnant. You're going to have a baby. And, and we're gonna, people are going to celebrate this because of what God's doing in your life. Joy is contagious. Joy is contagious. You know, Jesus was a carrier of joy. Wherever he went, joy. He was, it was there. He was present. I think this is one of the reasons people, I think, want to be around him so much, because there was something about Jesus that was different that stood out. He was enjoying life. There was something deep within that he had. Um, A.W. Tozer says it like this, a sad world is attracted to spiritual sunshine. People recognize when somebody has something that, that is good, like joy, and they want it. A sad, sad people are attracted to some, some sunshine, and Jesus is a carrier of joy. He wants us to be a carrier of joy. You know, people see peace in our lives or maybe in your life, they think that's nice that there's peace there. But joy, man, that is attractive. That, I want that. that. That looks like it's good. They're enjoying, enjoying it. You know, football's going on. Maybe football fans? Uh, Dallas Cowboy fans? Whoa. You know, I had a feeling that the reason you're doing so good because so many of the Dallas Cowboy fans are coming to our church. They must be coming to pray, right, and asking God, please help us win another game. Um, hey, keep doing it. It's working. Next week we'll be here again. And uh, keep praying and asking God to help your team out. But, it, but isn't it fun, Dallas Cowboys? Isn't this a fun year for you guys? Yeah? Why? Because you're winning. And when your team wins, joy. Well, what happens when it's those nail biters, when the game is close and you're like anxious and you're, man, I don't know if we're going to win. And then as soon as the whistle's blowing and the score is, you know, Dallas wins, what happens? All that anxiety goes away, right? And joy is present. It's, it's there. People are high-fiving. Why? Joy is contagious, except if you're the other team and you're not very happy. But here's the good news. Even if you're another team, um, I won't name names because I'll start to make people mad. But if you're another team and your team's losing, you can still have joy in the middle of a losing season. It's okay. I'm going to teach you how. Week three, make sure you're here. If your team is losing, it's going to help you make it through. All right? But here's, here's what the Bible says when, it, when they announced Jesus' birth. All right? So there's joy in the beginning, even before Jesus was born. Good, good news came to other people. Um, and and, and it's, it's a reason. It's an, it's an incredible story. You learn why, why God sent John the Baptist first to go before. It's amazing. Um, but in Luke 2, it says that there were some shepherds. They were tending to their, their sheep out, out in the fields. So the shepherds were like the lowliest of the low Like when it came to the workforce. They weren't thought of that much. It was, they weren't that important. They were just shepherds. They just were taking care of sheep. Not a big deal. 
It wasn't that important. But God thought they were important enough to show up and, 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 and announce what's, what's happened, the change in, in, in our world, uh, what has taken place. And this is what happens. So an angel shows up and it says, Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. All right, so at this point, you're in the dark, right? You're taking care of these sheep. You're looking out, make sure there's no wolves coming, no lions or bears or tigers, whatever. And you're there, and all of a sudden, light turns on. And you're like, all right, there's light in the middle of darkness. This is interesting. And these angels show up. If you were like them, you would probably start thinking, oh, man, what's going on? It says they were terrified. But the angel reassured him and said this, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. So he's announcing Jesus' birth, all right? And what does he say? Hey, don't be afraid. I'm going to bring you something. I'm bringing you good news. And what is the good news of? Of joy. I'm bringing you good news of great, that will bring bring great joy to people all around. He's bringing this gift. He's saying there's a gift that's come. A gift has come to the earth, and I want you to know about it. And the angels are, I mean, the the shepherds are one of the first people to, to, to realize that something is happening. Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy. Jesus is going to be bringing joy. Don't, don't miss that for a second. He shows up, and what does he bring? Joy. He brings joy. When, fear shows, when, when joy shows up, fear leaves. It's like this. Fear leaves when joy shows up all the time. We talked about the football game. Anxiety leaves as soon as the team wins, right? And there's all joy. There's all excitement and happiness. It's the same way with fear. When, when fear is present... Joy is not. Joy is pushed out. But when joy shows up, fear is pushed out. And these shepherds, when they heard the good news, you know what happened to their fear? It went out the window and joy showed up and said, wow, this is the very thing we've been waiting for, the Messiah to come, to show up. Good news of great joy. It produces hope. Even in the darkest of times. You know, there's some things that keep us from joy. We can call them joy killers or things that, that diminish joy in our lives. You know, the number one would be sin. This is the, 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 the thing that takes, out, takes our joy the most is sin. Sin is doing the opposite of what God wants us to do. Sin is, is stepping outside of his best for our life. Sin is choosing for ourselves our own things that God doesn't want for us. And when we sin, we choose sin. Really, we're choosing death because that's what the Bible says sin is. Sin produces death. We, when we choose to have an affair on, on our spouse, we choose death in that relationship. When we choose to lie to somebody, we choose death in that relationship because we can't, the trust is broken. And when we sin, we push joy out. We push God out. We push, we push joy away from us. Another one is fear. In this story, fear is present. The angels are freaked out. And what happens? He says, don't be afraid. And joy shows up and fear is pushed out. What is fear? Fear is the unknown. Um, it's the unknown. You know, sin, before I go on too fast, um, sin, David, David fight the, the King David in the Old Testament. He finds himself in a situation, a circumstance where he has broken God's command. He sinned. He writes this great song when, when he's asking God to forgive him. And you know what he says in the song? He says this. He says, restore the joy of my salvation. Because he sinned, joy was pushed out, and now he's saying, God, please help me to remember the joy of my salvation because of you. Like, restore joy to my life. Fear. Fear is the, is the unknown. Right? It's, it's something that we don't know. We're afraid of what could be, what might happen. When it's dark, we don't really know what's there. When joy is present, you know what joy is? Joy is known. You could only have joy by something that you know, something you experience. Fear gets pushed out when we begin to experience good things. Joy shows up. Worry. What's worry about? I I think worry is a lot about control. 
It's wanting us to figure out how to control things and we worry about things we can't control and they begin to control us. Well, joy is different. When joy shows up, worry is pushed out because now we're making this choice to say, I'm going to let you lead and not worry about all the things I can't control. Loss of purpose. Um, when, when, we're not avo- when we're not aware of the things that the work we're doing is making a difference, we get discouraged. We lose joy. We, we stop enjoying work. Uh, this is one of the strategies the Nazis used against the Jewish people when they were in concentration camps. They would give them meaningless work to break them down and make them so discouraged. So I want you to get these rock pile and move them over here All right, today. We work all day moving this heavy rock pile from one spot to another. Next day, wake up. All right, let's move that rock pile back to that spot. All right, next day, move it up, move it up. After a while, they became so discouraged because they were doing jobs that had no meaning to them. You know, in work, when we can't see the results of what we're accomplishing, sometimes we get discouraged, we lose joy, we lose enjoyment in that, and it gets pushed out because we lose lack of purpose. That's why it's so important that we always have to remember who we are and what we're doing here. We can't forget our purpose in life. can't forget our purpose, what God is calling us to do. For some of you, maybe you don't know that purpose. At end of service, I'm going to give you an opportunity to begin that journey of saying, God, I want your purposes for my life. And the last one, preoccupation with self. When we're so preoccupied with ourselves, we actually push joy to the side. Why? Because we push people to the side. We push important things to the side. Why? Because I'm the most important. It's all about me. Joy is different. Joy pushes self to the side and says, be a part of a team. Be a part of something bigger. Be a part of others. Care for others. Love others. And joy shows up. John Ortberg, he says it like this, an author. He says, we must arrange our lives so that sin no longer looks good to us. We have to figure out in our lives how to arrange our lives in such a way that sin no longer looks good to us. It's like, man, this, there's so much joy in my life because I'm doing the right things that when the enemy pops up and says, hey, you should try this. It's really good. You look at it and you think, man, that doesn't look that good. This looks better. I think I'm going I'm to stick with God. I think this is a better one. When we arrange our lives in such a way, we begin to recognize that sin really isn't that good. It's not that appealing. It actually loses its power very quickly and it loses the appeal very quickly. It fades because it, it can never deliver what it always promises. But arrange your lives in such a way. It's kind of like this. Imagine there's this tool shed, all right? And you walk into this tool shed. And as you go into this tool shed, the door closes behind you. And all of a sudden, it's dark, right? And your, your eyes are you're trying to adjust. You can't really see. And as, you, as, you, as your eyes begin to adjust in that darkness, you see there's a little beam of light that's coming through the door. It hasn't closed all the way. It's still there, a little, little crack. And this, this beam of light is, is coming in just enough for you to begin to make... Make shapes, make, make sense of the shapes you're saying. Oh, that's a hammer, that's a screw gun, that's, that's a saw. All right, there's a table, you know, watch that thing, you stub your toe. And, and your eyes begin to adjust because there's a little beam of light that comes in. And you, after a while, you start looking at things, you, you look at the beam and you realize, wow, that beam that's coming in, there's something beyond that beam. There's something beyond that door. And you notice that beyond that, that beam of light, there's, there's a tree and, and outside it's moving. It looks like there's some clouds, the sun's out there and there's a little bit of cloud, maybe rain, rain's coming. And you see that, that that beam of light is actually showing you something beyond the tool shed. But it, it's highlighting something. Christmas is the day the beam of light broke in through the tool shed. He announced Jesus' birth and said there's going to be a light. The light of the world is going to show up. And he's going to help make sense of your world. Because for too long, people have been living in darkness and they don't know what they're doing. They're, they're stubbing their toes. They're bumping their, their shins, bruising their knees, trying to walk around figuring it out. And the enemy's in there saying, hey, we'll try this. This will help the darkness feel better. It's going to feel good. And it feels good for a little bit, but then it fades and you need more of it. Try this. 
And in the darkness, people begin to look. But if you, if you think about that beam that's coming into the tool shed, and you can, you can look at the tools. They're good. They're not bad. You can use those things. But the tools aren't the purpose. The things aren't the, aren't the, aren't the purpose of life. They're not, they're not the point. The beam is just only highlighting those things so you can see it. Enjoyment is good. God wants us to have enjoyment. He wants us to enjoy life. But the purpose of the things that we enjoy aren't the things themselves. My kids bring joy to me, but they're not the reason for everything. They're just an indication that there's something greater out there. And the, the, the beam of light is actually highlighting my kids and saying, hey, pay attention. Your kids, they bring you joy. But why do they bring you joy? The only reason they bring me joy is because God allows them to bring me joy. The only reason I have kids is because God has given me kids. The only reason I have things to enjoy is because God is giving me those things. It's like the beam of light is saying, enjoy things, but don't, don't forget, outside of this tool shed, outside there, there's something greater and better and bigger. Don't miss it. There's something there. And people sometimes, we, we, we focus on the pleasure rather than on the joy of things. It's like eating food. Why do we enjoy food so much? Is it the taste of, of it? Or is it actually something more that's there? When you eat something good, it's actually because it's giving your body something you need. Your body's saying, man, I need these vitamins. I need these nutrients. Like if you don't eat food for a few days and you eat something, I promise almost anything tastes good. You know why? Because your body's saying, I need this. It's not, the, it's not the process of eating food that we're enjoying so much. It's the taste, but it's what it's doing. When you're eating this food with somebody else, what, what is happening is subconscious, something subconsciously is happening. You're enjoying, enjoying something really good with somebody else that you may, may be care, with, care for. Now, because you're enjoying it together, it makes that much more better. But we focus on the food, and we think, it's the food. It's so amazing. Maybe the light is just high, is showing the food, but the point isn't the food. It's the, the light that's giving you that opportunity to have the food. Does that make sense? Are you with me? It's God saying, don't miss the fact that you can enjoy the Dallas Cowboys winning because I allow you to watch the Dallas Cowboys winning. Not that God is making them win. I don't think God's like, you know, orchestrating the football. I think teams practice and play and they show up and they win and sometimes they show up and they lose. Anyways, we won't go on football. But, but God has given us the ability to enjoy those things. And in that, when you're celebrating, the Dallas Cowboys won again. Tony Romo's not playing no more. At the end of it, you can say, maybe you like Tony Romo, sorry. I'm not a Cowboy fan. I'm just making up names. So I think he plays for the Cowboys, right? Or used to. Um, <clears throat> Raider Nation? No, we have a couple of Raider Nation guys in here. Yeah, all right. We got, uh, all right. Broncos? Yeah. <laughs> Woo! My, my son loves the Broncos. So I, I go with those guys. Um, but here's the thing. We always celebrate when joy shows up. When the Cowboys win, it's good to celebrate. You should, you should be happy that your team won. Whatever team it is, you should, you should be win. But in the middle of it, think about why you're so happy. What is going on here? When, joy, when, when, when people win, we, joy shows up, people celebrate. When, when a slave is made free, we celebrate. When somebody's debt is paid or erased, we celebrate. When there's freedom from anxiety from something we've been worrying about for so long, and all of a sudden it, it di- disappears, joy shows up, we celebrate. It's like, man, it really wasn't that big of a deal. Why? Because when joy shows up, all that other stuff is pushed to the side. In a dark tool shed, when you're worried about all these things, and you're maybe afraid of the dark, you're afraid of the, the unknown, and the beam of light's coming in saying, there's something more to life than just this. Don't miss the point of it all. 
I think joy is God's way of saying there's something bigger than all of this. But if it's just focused on the things, it just becomes pleasure, and that always fades away. And we mistake pleasure for joy. See, see the psalmist understood this. David, um, he's saying this. He says, he says, you will show me the path of life. Like, you're leading me. This beam of light's coming on. You're showing me how to live. And in your presence is fullness of joy. But the path you're on is not the important part. It's, it's the, the person that's with you. It's the presence of God that's making the difference. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hands are pleasures forevermore. So God wants us to enjoy life. He wants to give us good things. But he's saying, don't miss it. In my presence is the fullness of joy. When God shows up, the atmosphere changes and everything changes in your life. Things get pushed out that don't need to be there, like fear, like anxiety, like worry. All those things get pushed out. When joy shows up, they have to leave. It's up to us. It's amazing when God shows up in, in our theater. It's not uncommon for people to come for the first time. Maybe they haven't been to church in their whole life. They come to our church during the music time, during the worship, the music time, as we're singing. It's not uncommon for people to cry through the whole service, or especially that part. Why? Because God's presence is here in a, in a very amazing way, and they're experiencing it sometimes for the first time. And I hear stories of people come and say, I just cried sometimes through the whole service. Why? Because of the presence of God. And in the presence of God, there's something different that changes. Angel says, don't be afraid. There's good news of great joy that's coming. Fear is pushed out. Joy shows up. You know, when, when God shows up, the atmosphere changes. Sometimes the atmosphere can be amazing. Sometimes the atmosphere can be very convicting. It can, it can be highlighting. So the light, it highlights things in our lives that aren't good sometimes. That light also shows us and says, hey, this shouldn't be there. We need to get rid of that. We need to move that out of the way. We can do a couple things. We can, we can hide our guilt and our shame like Adam and Eve tried. Or we can allow God to expose it so we can be healed and made better. We can be terrified like the angels and many other people in the Bible. When God shows up, they're terrified like God's presence here. I don't know what to do. I feel so inadequate. I feel I'm so aware of my humanness, my, my, my sin. It highlights those things. But here's my challenge. When, when God shows up, would you let him invade your world? Would you let him interrupt your routine sometimes? That in the middle of enjoying something, when my daughter brings me something and says something so nice to me, and I, and I actually said this, you bring so much joy to my life. Why? Joy is a gift. My daughter can carry that gift and give it. But only because God allows it. Because God's in the middle of it all. Let him invade. Let him, let him lead you and learn to lead you into his presence. Because on a Monday, when you're not feeling it, and you're all alone, and maybe the day really did start off sucky, horrible, and you can say, God, I need, I need your presence now. And in his presence, there's fullness of joy. You could, start this, you could put the song on in your workplace. You could start listening to the song we, just, we sang this morning, Grace to Grace. Great song. God's just saying, I, I have good plans for your life. Let his presence invade your life. Let that beam of light begin to highlight and, 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 and show you good things in life, but never forget the point of it all. There's something more. So our week, this is my, this is my challenge. We start off the series for joy. This week, would you choose joy? It's a choice. It's a gift that God gives. Would you choose it? His name is Jesus. And every single day, would you begin to say, God, I want to recognize you in things. I want to see you in the middle of these things. See, don't get caught up on the things, rather on the one who gives life, the one who gives the things. Christmas is a great season. We're going to receive gifts. We're going to give gifts. Those things are nice. We should enjoy those things. But don't let that become the focus where you actually miss the whole point of his coming. Advent season we're in right now, it's, it's a time season leading up to Christmas. It, it's preparing for the coming of, of Christ. 
Don't miss when Christ came as a baby. That's important. Don't miss when God showed up because he's bringing light to our world. So our challenge, choose joy this week. Choose Jesus. Choose life. It's a choice you make tomorrow. And how can I, how can I enjoy these things that God has given me? Um, for, for you in, in this room, maybe you're new to church. Maybe as I talk about um, when God is present, you, you can feel inadequate. You can feel these um, emotions, like uh, different things that you feel like guilt and shame. Um, when I say that, you know what I'm talking about. Because I know when, when I'm not right, when I'm walking away from what God, my best, God's best in my life, I feel those things because I'm pushing out God and I'm inviting those things in my life. For some of you in this room, you've lived with fear for so long and worry for so long and anxiety for so long that you've actually allowed those to push joy out and you don't enjoy life. And it has to start with us recognizing who actually gives joy in the first place. David said, restore the joy of my salvation. How many have right standing with you again? Before joy shows up, you have to have this really important thing called peace. Joy always follows after peace. I'm going to show you in Isaiah where it says this. Isaiah 55. If if you're wondering to know what God is wanting to invite you into, this is a great scripture to read. It's called the invitation for the thirsty. It's God saying, I'm inviting people who are looking for meaning in life to come to my fountain and drink. And in this, in this chapter, he, he, he says this towards the end of it. He says, for you will, when, you, when you take him up on his offer, he says, you will go out with joy when you accept God. You'll be led forth with peace. Peace always goes before joy. Hope always follows right behind. The mountains and the hills will break forth into shouts of joy before you. All the trees of the field will clap their hands. He goes on to say this, when you choose joy and choose God, Instead of thorn bushes, the cypress tree will grow. Instead of the nettle, the myrtle tree will grow. And it will be a memorial to the Lord for an everlasting sign which will not be cut off because of his mercy. So peace goes before the joy. And some of you, you need to settle your relationship with God and recognize I've been focused on the wrong things. God, I've allowed all these other things in my life, sin, fear, worry, preoccupation with myself, to get in the way. And I push joy out of the way. I push enjoyment out of the way. I push life. I push you out of the way. Because that's what sin does. That's what fear and worry and all those things do is it pushes God out of the way because now we're God and we're in control. And God is saying, no, let me be God in your life. So today, some of you came and you need to let joy show up, but you have to start off with peace by saying, God, forgive me. Help me to have peace. Help me to have a right standing with you. And then as you walk in, the, in that path that he has, I guarantee joy will show up again because it always does. But you have to make things right with God all the time. Sometimes it's a daily thing for me. It's not just like a once-in-a-lifetime thing. It's, it's, it's a work in progress where we say, God, I need your help today again. Man, this is a hard day. I need your help. And what God, God does is grace to grace, grace upon grace. He helps us. He leads us. He guides us. Do me a favor. Close your, uh, your eyes and bow your heads today as we wrap up. As I'm talking, some of you in this room know that, that it's not me talking to you, but it's God actually tapping you on the shoulder saying, that's you. You've been carrying these things for too long, and it's pushed out my best for your life. Some of you have fear. Some of you have sin. You're doing things that you know are wrong, and you continue to do it, and you wonder why you don't enjoy life, because you push joy out, and you've let these other things come in. Whatever it is that you're full of right now, If you're not joyful, then you're probably full of something else. 
My invitation is, would you let that go and give it to God? And we'll do this by, by just starting a prayer. I'm, I'm going to lead you in a prayer, a simple prayer that says, God, forgive me of my sin. I invite you today into my life. The Bible says that when we confess our sin, God, is, he, he forgives us. He shows up. So if you're here today and you'd like to say that prayer, and you'd like to start off this day, this season, with, with peace, with right standing with God, would you do me a favor and raise your hand? Awesome, I see your hands. I'm not going to call you down to the, the front, just lead you in a prayer in your seat. Awesome. I see your hands. Anybody else? You've been carrying that for too long and you need to surrender, you need to let go. Awesome. A lot of hands went up today. Look, if you raise your hand, I'll lead you in a prayer. Would you just repeat this after me? If you're a Christ follower, would you join us so they're not praying alone? Today, would you say, Father God, I need you. Forgive me of my sin, my wrong. I believe you died on that cross for me, for my mistakes. I need your peace today. Help me to know the joy of your salvation. I believe you're alive today. You have good plans for my life. Would you lead me into those plans? Be my God. Be my friend. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let me pray for you guys. God, I pray for those that prayed that prayer today. Lord, for the first time, some of these people are pushing out fear and anxiety and sin out of their life, God, and they're inviting you. Lord, I pray you to protect them, you to watch over them this week, that they would begin to, to recognize the joy that only you bring because we have your, your son that died on that cross. God, what a wonderful gift we have, God. We celebrate that today, Lord God. We love you and we bless you for all that you do. The Bible says that when one sinner turns back to the kingdom of heaven, all of heaven celebrates. Why? Because joy is present. Joy shows up when sin leaves. Can we celebrate that today? All those that prayed, prayed want to celebrate with you. It's so awesome. If you pray that prayer, you need a Bible. We have a gift. It's a free Bible on the way out. You can pick it up. Let us know that that card, uh, the connection card, there's a place to check it. Send you a letter to let you know some next steps you can think about. Uh, but there's a Bible that's free. We also have a book. It's called Ten Steps Towards Christ. Another resource that you can have if you want to know what are these next steps. I, I said a prayer to invite relationship with God. What's next? Water baptism next week is the next step. Saying, God, I, I want to go public. You know, salvation and our relationship with God is it's a personal decision between us and him. But water baptism is a, is a public declaration of that decision saying, hey, I want everybody to know that I'm, I'm going public with my faith. So next Sunday, we're, we're going to be doing that. So make sure you pick up one of those books. Let us know. Fill out that card or talk to me. I'd love to hear more. If you want to get water baptized, let, let me know um, so we can let you know some of the details for next week. I'd love to talk to you more about that after service. If you ever have prayer needs, fill out the card or uh, come and find us, and we'll, we'll love to pray with you before you leave today's service. Uh, we're, glad, we're glad you came and spent an hour with us. Uh, we're going to be wrapping up service now with a, a video at the end. Uh, but I just want to tell you about one thing we're going to be doing that we do every year. Uh, next week, uh, which is December 11th, uh, we're going to be receiving a, a special offering called We Are Generous. Uh, we do this every year. One, what we would do is we, we, we try to set apart a, a special part of our church where we can, uh, of our finances, so we can be able to bless uh, people with, with good things like feeding the poor, feeding the hungry, helping nonprofits in our group that are doing good causes in, in our city. Uh, we look for opportunities like that. And we have on our, on our online, it's a, a tab you can click for the We Are Generous offering. 
Um, you can give towards that this last year. Uh, last year, um, we were able to give to teachers. We wanted to bless teachers. We gave them these gift bags of just gift cards and some goodies. Uh, it was great just to bless 20 teachers last year. And so this year, we want to partner with, with Feed One and feed some, some orphans and some hungry kids around the world. And so we'll be giving to that and then different organizations. Uh, last year, so this year, because of that tab online, we've already ra- we've already, you guys have already given three times as much as we did last year, which is awesome to be able to bless. Yeah. So when things come up like hurricanes and tornadoes, we give to, to organizations to help those things. Our church does. Um, and you guys see that and you give to that so we can give to them. And, and it doesn't – well, the great thing about this is it doesn't negatively affect our church because we can keep doing what we're doing without feeling this pressure of like, oh, we need to always be giving to this. But rather, when these resources come our way, we say we have this. Let's give to them because we put this to the side to say let's bless the poor. Let's bless the hungry. Let's, let's help whoever it is. Um, and so next week we're going to do this. And the reason I'm telling you this is because we don't ever want you to feel pressure to give an offering. Um, it, it, right now we're going to receive the offering. We do it at the end of every service. If you're a guest, don't feel obligated to give. No pressure here. We want something for you, not something from you. If you never gave to this church, you're still welcome to come. That's not the point of it. But we, we do want you to mature where you become to a place where you're an investor in this place, not just somebody that just comes and sits, but you say, I want to be part of helping us reach more people. Every single week we use people for the kingdom of God. The lights turn on. Sin is pushed out. Fear is pushed out. Joy shows up. I want to continue to do this. And part of the way we do that is we join together as a team. We do it together. And the reason we can is because you guys are generous and faithful in that. But the reason I'm talking about next week is so that you can prepare. Either this week go online and give there um, or next week show up and, and mark on the envelope. This is a special offering that I want to give to help. Outside of what I normally do, this is what I'm going to do. And the reason we, we've told you the last two weeks is because we want you to be prepared not to feel pressure next week. And just pray and ask God, God, what do you want me to give? What's, what's, what's doable for me? What, what are you challenging me to do? And whatever he says, do that. Whatever amount it is, just trust him and do it. No pressure here next week. I'll mention the offering, but I'm not going to put, you know, talk about much of what we're going to do. Just saying, hey, today's that special offering if you want to give. Because I don't want you to do it out of pressure, but out of, the Bible says out of, God wants to do it out of a joyful heart, out of a cheerful heart. Um, so we're going to close in prayer if the, if the ushers get ready. Uh, give opportunity to receive that, that offering, uh, opportunity for all, us to give in the offering. Uh, thank you for all that you give online very faithfully. Appreciate it. So they're going to pass the buckets from left to right, and then I'm going to show a video that's going to just challenge us, encourage us, why we should always be looking to be generous people, especially in this time of the year. It's important we look for opportunities to, to give away from ourselves to help others that need it. Let's pray. God, thank you for today. Those that prayed the prayer, God, that, that for the first time, hopefully light is turned on in their lives. I pray this week they would walk in that light. Uh, God, I pray that today we would live uh, in joy, Father, that we would enjoy everything that comes our way, and we thank you for those things. Uh, Lord, thank you for all those we give. Next week as we give them, we are generous offering. We ask that you would help us to be a blessing to the world, Lord God, around us, the people around us, our community. Uh, Lord God, those that are hurting all around that need help and support. And God, let us help our church to continue to be generous and to be loving and, and gracious. And uh, we just thank you for all that you do, Lord. Help us to have a great week. And we prepare for Christmas, God, that you came the first time. God, help us not to miss that first coming. It's so important to, 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 for us to celebrate and to remember. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a great day. And uh, hope your Cowboys win. Go Broncos.